This shit a motherfucking layup. I been Steph Curry with the shot. Been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 20 of Curry in the Pot. I'm your host, Mike Curry. And while we 20 episodes in, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. But I'm going to hop right into things. So, today's topics are... Of course, I want to talk NBA Finals action. I want to talk my takeaways from Game 2. And my predictions for Game 3, which is tonight, June the 7th. I also want to talk a little NFL news. Odell Beckham Jr. is reportedly holding out. I want to talk about that. And whatever else comes to mind, honestly. So let's get right into it. Sunday night, we saw the Golden State Warriors once again dismantle the Cleveland Cavaliers, defeating them 132-113. to The Warriors were led by Kevin Durant with 33 points. Also, Stephen Curry had 32 points. And Klay Thompson had 22 points. I told you guys he was going to get going in the last episode. And the Cavs once again came up short. LeBron James had a triple-double. Steph Curry also had a triple-double, forgot to mention. But LeBron James had a triple-double, recording 29 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds, while shooting 12 of 18 from the field, which is pretty impressive. Kevin Love added in 27, and Kyrie Irving had 19 points, but he was inefficient with shooting 8 for 23 from the field. And, you know, once again, the Cavs, they could not get, you know, production from their role players. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Game 2. What I saw from Game 2 is Golden State just has too much firepower. It's only so much that LeBron James can do when... He's not getting the help that he needs from his teammates. Kyrie Irving, he had a big-time series last last NBA Finals, you know, including hitting that big shot right between the eyes of Steph Curry in Game 7. But in this series, he hasn't looked too good. He's averaging 21 points through two games, but he's only shooting 40% from the field. The Warriors need Kyrie Irving to... I'm sorry, the Cavaliers need Kyrie Irving to average about 28 to 30 and shoot about, you know, upper 40s shooting from the field. They need him to shoot about 48%, if not better. And I honestly thought that game two was the Cavs' perfect opportunity to steal one on the road. They had Kevin Love playing pretty good basketball. Um, he was contributing early. They they really got him going early. He had like nine points early in the first quarter. I was like, oh, this might be the games that Cavs steal because, you know, they're getting contributions from Kevin Love, who only had 15 in game one. And they got him going. You know, I just thought that was their game to steal. Uh, I think they need to get Kyrie Irving, you know. I think they need to get him going early in game three. But I want to talk about the role players who haven't done anything. J.R. Smith. He hasn't done anything. He didn't even score last game. I know he only played 14 minutes. That's because Tyron Lue made the right decision to take him out. You're not giving me anything. You're going to sit right next to me, buddy. Tristan Thompson, eight points, four rebounds. The Cavaliers are paying you boatloads of money, and you can't even 
cracked 10 rebounds. I don't know what's going on. Um, it seems that their best player off the bench is Richard Jefferson. And then after that, it's Iman Shumpert. And that's not, you know, that's not necessarily a great thing. But I will say one thing about Iman Shumpert. He has, you know, been playing with energy. And, you know, it's been reports that he might start in game three tonight. So I think, you know, I think he'll, he'll give them more of a boost, at least more of an energy boost than J.R. Smith has given them because J.R. Smith hasn't done anything. He's only scored three points these NBA Finals, three points in two games. He's only scored three more points than me. <laughs> but I just want to say that Golden State, you know, they look, they just look on another level. Kevin Durant is on a mission. Steph Curry, he's on a mission. I, I said he has something to prove. I said he has something to prove. Kevin Durant, you know, Steph Curry, they just look great. You know, I think the comparisons got kind of got out of hand, but but you could argue that, you know, they're one of the best duos, you know, NBA history, the way they're playing. But, you know, Kevin Durant has been, you know, playing phenomenal, you know, shooting amazing from the field and also getting rebounds, assisting even blocks. I believe he had five blocks in game two. And the Warriors just been getting, you know, contributions from everybody. Draymond Green, he had 12, 6, and 6, and he was in foul trouble. I think if he would have stayed on the floor, he might have he scored, you know, 18 to 20, you know. But he was in foul trouble. And they also got contributions from Sean Livingston and Ian Clark, who who shot that shot at the end of the game. He didn't have to shoot that, but he shot it anyways. But the Cavs just, they look like they don't have enough. They just, it's just LeBron's not getting enough help. I said in the last episode that LeBron James is going to have to get a 40-point triple-double for these guys to be, you know, in the game. But the good news is they're back home tonight at the Quicken Loans Arena. Game three. I'm looking for the Cavs to win this one. You know, if they don't win tonight, it's clearly over. But I, either way, I don't see the Cavaliers winning the next four, four, winning four out of the next five games to defeat these guys. I don't, I just don't see it happening. They haven't had an answer for Kevin Durant. Steph Curry has been playing with something to prove. This is a healthy Steph, unlike last NBA Finals. I even read a report that Kyrie Irving is ailing a knee injury. I don't know how much, how I don't know how true that is, but I'm sure it'll be some type of excuse if Cleveland loses. We'll probably hear that report surface again. But I'm looking for the Cavs to win tonight. They have to defend the land. They're at home in Cleveland. And, you know, you know it's going to be a crazy environment. If Golden State turns the ball over, that home crowd will give them a boost and Cleveland will take advantage in transition. They do it on the regular anyways, but especially at home with that crowd rocking. Golden State, they did play a little carelessly, turning the ball over, you know, through the first three quarters of that game. That game could have got even uglier if Golden State wasn't turning the ball over. They had 20 turnovers last game and still won by 19, which is which is absurd. So imagine if they would have had 10, 12 turnovers. They won by 19. They probably would have won by 30. So tonight, I'm looking for the Cavs to bounce back. At least make make this series seem somewhat competitive, somewhat interesting. I'm looking for Kyrie Irving to have a big game. He has to show up. LeBron James, we know what he's going to do. I believe he's going to get 40 tonight, a 40-point triple-double for the land. And that's my prediction for game three. I want to switch gears just real quick. Um, to the NFL, 
As many of you know, Odell Beckham Jr. has not been at voluntary OTAs, which he doesn't have to be at, but he has not been at OTAs. Um, I think, you know, I mean, he's obviously the best player on the team talent-wise. And, you know, he's not leading by example. I know he's not, you know, I guess a guy you would really rally around, but he's the best player on the team, and he hasn't been to OTAs. And a report surfaced this morning from Adam Schefter that Odell Beckham Jr. absence from OTAs is related to his contract. And Odell Beckham Jr. is in the last the last year of his rookie deal. And he just signed, you know, recently a Nike and a deal with Nike that pays like five years, twenty five million, something like that. And, you know, the Nike deal is paying him more than the Giants. And Odell Beckham Jr. is obviously a top three wide receiver in the league. And, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I, the Giants were going to take care of his contract regardless. But for you to, you know, just, I guess, hold out. I mean, I guess it's not really a holdout since we're, it's only voluntary OTAs. But if this guy, if this if this pattern repeats where you're, you know, mandatory, you know, OTAs, like mandatory minicamp and, you know, training camp, it's curious, I'm interested to see how long, you know, this holdout continues. Obviously, he wants a new deal. The Giants, I'm pretty sure they want to make him a giant for life. You know, the guy's been incredible his first few years in the league. And, you know, you know has some outstanding outstanding records. So, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, will this, how long will this holdout continue? And will Odell Beckham Jr., you know, report to the Giants facility? You know, we've been seeing him with Iggy Azalea. And he was at game two the other night. So, man, I'm I'm up on the fence with that. I want to transition to some local news. And it is believed that the Redskins and Kirk Cousins are working, you know, working their way to a new deal or, you know, have some progress and extension talks. So I think the Redskins need to lock up Kirk Cousins, you know, just for the sake of, you know, continuity. And, you know, I like what they did with Jay Gruden. Bringing him, bringing him back, giving him an extension. You know, he had back-to-back winning season. That's impressive, if you ask me. The Redskins just need to have a culture in place. And you cannot do that without having your quarterback sign and without having a coach at the helm. They have the coach sign the quarterback. I'm kind of getting tired of this. It's like it's like a soap opera almost, especially for people in the D.C. area, you know, D.C. sports. And I'm just getting tired of it. I want to transition real quick back to the NBA. I wanted to talk a little NBA draft news. And Markel Fultz yesterday visited the Boston Celtics, worked out, and there's a report that surfaced that says the Boston Celtics are the only team he's going to work out for, which means looks like Markel Fultz will be going number one. Uh, also projected number two pick, possibly Lonzo Ball, was at the Lakers facility yesterday, and he will work out with them today. The Lakers are also looking at Josh Jackson later this week and De'Aaron Fox next week. And also, it has been rumored that the Kings would like to trade up for point guard De'Aaron Fox. They would like to trade up the Sacramento Kings currently own the number 5 and number 10 picks. And it's been believed that they would like to trade up. They believe that De'Aaron Fox is a cornerstone. I believe so as well. He's just the left-handed version of John Wall and... Only really knock on De'Aaron Fox is his jump shot, which he can improve. You can improve your jump shot. 
I think he has what it takes. He has the physical tools, the speed, the 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 explosiveness, and, and he's scrappy on the defensive end. And I like that. I or I really want the Lakers to, you know, take a harder look. I'm not I'm not sold on Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball has, you know, a really high ceiling. But I think De'Aaron Fox, as far as a point guard standpoint, like a pure point guard, like he I'm I'm a John Wall fan and I think De'Aaron Fox is the closest thing I've seen to John Wall since. John Wall came into the league in 2010. So I want to wrap things up by thanking my audience, thanking all my listeners for listening to Curry in the Pot. Um, I love talking about sports, and I hope you guys enjoy listening as much as I love talking about it. And I want to shout out, I want to shout out WBGR Sports. I want to shout out my colleagues over there, Brandon Myers, my my boy Insane Shane, and Courtney Tate, our other co-hosts, and you can listen to our show, No BS, WBGR Sports Network on Facebook Live every Friday from 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. I'm Mike Curry. This is Curry in the Pot. Episode number 20 is done. Peace.